0: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Here we are, the very first episode of 2019, and uh, just trucking along here. Pretty soon it's going to be 2020, and even more cruise ships are going to be coming out. By the way, well, I guess I should tell you, a a review of Caribbean Princess this week. Also, Sherry is here with Cruise News. But... Some more videos uploaded to the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Uh, We have a recap of all the ships that came out in 2018. We have the top ships for 2019. And there's something else I did. Oh, Carnival changed 15 different things, either price increases or policy changes throughout 2018. And I threw a video together on that as well. So that's all at the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Jumping right to Sherry. Sherry, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Not a good year for the folks in the Bahamas. They've been getting the wrong end of the stick here for a couple of years now, and things just don't seem to be getting better for them.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I'm not really sure what the issue is other than they're talking about crime again. So apparently um, aboard Antima Deceased the other day, the captain sent a letter to the guests, and he really stated the importance to make them aware that Nassau has been experiencing an increase in crime. Um, Mostly, it's the nonviolent crimes, um, you know, losing a purse, a wallet, getting mugged, and things like that. But uh, he wants, and I'm sure Royal Caribbean doesn't want to be liable for not telling people to be aware of their surroundings. He also listed places in Nassau that have proven particularly crime-ridden recently, and that includes Sandtrap, the Fish Fry, and uh, parts of Nassau called Over the Hill, Mm -hmm. and he says, you know... To avoid these after sunset. Well, you know, if you're a tourist in a foreign town, foreign, you know, foreign area or something of that nature, you're not going to go wandering around neighborhoods when it's dark anyway. I mean, I wouldn't. Would you?
1: I think people tend to lose sight of reality when they're on vacation because I wouldn't. I mean, my studio is downtown Jacksonville and I wouldn't walk around past the parking garage at night, downtown Jacksonville. Like, why would you do that somewhere that's outside of the U.S.?
2: I know. I guess, you know, you get into vacation mode, and you you toss your chairs to the wind, Mm -hmm. and you just think, well, you're safe on the ship. You're safe here. The ship wouldn't go there if you weren't safe, so they sort of let their guard down, and things happen. It can happen anywhere, but um, you know, Fish fry is a a busy local hangout. I've been there, Um, and you just have to be careful. So, you know, I was just in for what, last month, mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful time in the afternoon. And then again, I was there probably eight years ago with a group, and one of the young men in our group um, decided, I wasn't there, but he decided to walk back from Senior Frog alone at about midnight. Well, you know, he was probably 20 or 21 at the most, and he got mugged, but... Yeah. You know, you just have to be careful no matter where you are. It, it could be Nassau, it could be your backyard in Jacksonville.
1: Well, you're going to be in Nassau in a couple of weeks on Holland America's new Staten Dams. So you'll have to give us a progress report.
2: Absolutely, I will.
1: Carnival Cruise Line signed a new internet boosting contract. Hopefully we'll get some quicker internet on Carnival.
2: Yeah, let's hope, right? The, Carnival just signed a new contract with a company called SeaCast, and apparently they're going to be using 40 satellites, and they're saying that they can provide the largest dedicated maritime satellite network in the world, which, of course, remains to be seen, but we hope so. Um, They have a system they call TrueBeam, which is supposed to connect with much more enhanced abilities and it's set out to look for weaknesses in the system, like, uh, I don't know, I want to say sunspots, but things like um, rain, fade. you know, if it's cloudy, weather conditions that can mess it up, and even overcrowded networks. So, hopefully, Carnival will make a vast improvement in their internet speed, because people go on vacation, but they want to be connected, they want to post uh, to Instagram and everywhere else, so they even want to stream
0: You know, I,
1: well, I stream freezer, so. Yeah, the thing is, it's like, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't even imagine this because we weren't even getting dial up. Like, we weren't, there wasn't even internet cafes in the late 90s on a cruise ship. There was like, you know, maybe one terminal on the whole ship, and I don't even think that connected to the internet. And now here we are where people are tethered to it 24-7, and they can't put their damn phone down.
2: You know, and, and back then we used to follow the crew members to go where they were getting. <laughs> yeah. I remember
1: those days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a good this is good news for Saint Martin. Of course, they were just devastated during the 2017 hurricane season. I was there in November, and I got to tell you, it was it was heartbreaking how how little. I mean, the cruise pier is beautiful right now. Outside of the cruise pier, it just looks like a third-world country in St. Martin. But this was good news. It looks like they received a record-breaking day uh, at the end of last week.
2: They did. Um, And this is turning out to be their busiest day of the year on December 26th. Seven ships were in port for, get this, a total of 36,800 passengers descending on St. Martin. Um, Some of the ships there included Adventure of the Seas, MSC Seaside, and, of course, the new Celebrity Edge. And based on this end-of-the-year sweep, they really think that all signs are pointing towards continued growth in 2019. So, yay for St. Martin. It's so much fun to go there and take the taxi sometimes over to St. Martin on the other side. Um, just a wonderful two-nation island. I always like
1: mm-hmm. it. I think when I went back there in November, I was expecting there to be like, you know, it being back to business as usual. And it was anything mm-hmm. but that. Things were still open, but... It's just so sad driving through there.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, and especially when you take that, I don't know, I take the taxi from the pier, like I said, down to St. Martin. And you go through some areas that I don't know how they could withstand the, the hurricanes Because yeah. they look like they were falling apart in some, some areas, you know. So I just hope they, they are getting themselves all back together because it is a wonderful island.
1: How about Carnival floating down the Rose Parade the other day?
2: Uh, Well, they created this spectacular float in the likeness of their new 2019 Carnival Panorama. Apparently, they used tens of thousands of flowers, and they they came from 100 countries, which was supposed to represent Carnival's diverse team of employees. Um, They used their signature colors, you know, the the red and blue funnel on this flower ship. And they put a water park, they built a lido deck. And kind of interesting as the as the float, which is the you know the carnival panorama, went down the the parade route, there was also the Sky Zone, which is the first trampoline park at sea that they're going to have. So they had people jumping up and down as it's going along the parade route. So it's kind of interesting, but um, I'm not a big parade person, and I. Uh, but I, I did tune in for a little bit, so it was kind of cool to see it.
1: Do you remember back in 2015 when Princess Cruises had a uh, a, a float in the parade, and the love, the, like the six member cast of the Love Boat, was on there?
2: And they were waving as they went down the road.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what else we have. Oh, here we go. Something from the Royal Caribbean blog. Uh, Matt is reporting that you no longer need to go to the casino, to the cashier, to get a cash advance to play the machines as you can now do it at the actual machine.
2: Yeah, this is kind of a twist that uh, caught me by surprise for sure. Yeah, now you can just stay at your machine and your card will automatically withdraw from your onboard account as you want to get a cash advance. There is a $300 per day limit, however, but that's okay. That's pretty good because you could probably get carried away with, okay, I'll charge more, I'll charge yeah. more. But, yeah, you don't have to get up now and go to the cashier, lose your machine, and then come back with money to start over again at a different machine. So the those die uh, slot machine players can just sit there and play to their heart's content and not have to get
1: up. And I didn't realize this, Sherry, because I mean, I mean, I do I sell the Carnival brands a lot and also Norwegian, and I didn't realize that you had to actually get up and get a cash advance from the casino cashier to play the machine. I never, I never realized that you couldn't link your card to your set your sale pass account until now.
2: Yeah, I you know caught me by surprise, like I said um, earlier, but. Yeah, you used to have to do that. I guess because I always either come into the casino with, you know, 10 or $20, a big spender. Um, so I never do not as soon as it's gone. I just leave. But, um, yeah, you had to do that. You had to get, get up and go to the cashier window if you ran out of money. So now you don't. You can just sit there. All
1: day. I'm wondering <laughs> if they will uh, charge you that service charge. like Because on Norwegian, I know whenever I did a cash advance with them at the machine, well, they, they called it a cash advance. There was a 3% charge. And I think last time I saw, Royal Caribbean was charging a 5% fee. I wonder if they're still charging that at the machine now instead of going to a person.
2: Yeah, we tried to check check out the, on the website, on, their, on, on Royal Caribbean's website. And they didn't say anything about the service fee you want to call it that? Yeah. And 5%, I think, is kind of steep. So yeah. maybe, maybe you won't have to pay that if it just goes directly to your Pass card.
1: Well, they're testing this on Harmony of the Sea. So if you've sailed Harmony or if you know the answer to this, feel free to drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G, at cruiseradio.net. We also have a listener email from Mark. Mark uh, says, I am a first-time cruiser, and I'm going to Grand Turk in February. Do you have any free beach suggestions?
2: yeah I think this is a great question, especially for a first time cruiser. Once you dock in Grand Turk, just walk along the pier, head towards the um, big entertainment complex and turn left. Your beach is right there. you can see it from the ship if you happen to be um, i think usually docks uh, with the port side towards port, which is not always the case, but you can see the beach right from the ship, so It's really easy. If you want something more to do, you can keep walking, um, and you'll get to Jack Shack, which is a lot of fun. It's a restaurant bar thing, and uh, right behind the the free beach, as you exit, um, is the big, like I said, the entertainment complex. There's a huge pool. There's shops. There's all sorts of entertainment to see. They have um, musicians. So... If you get tired at the free beach, just go get some shade, get a drink, and and relax and enjoy Grand Turk. It's a really, really nice island. If you wanted to spend for a taxi, you could go to places like Gibbs Key or Governor's Beach. But for a free beach without taxi fare, it's right there when you dock.
1: You know, it's actually kind of, you know, back in the day, I say back in the day, like five years ago, I guess. uh, Well, six (laughs) years ago now, Jack Shack at Grand Turk used to have... The cheap beers there, like I think it's called Turk's Head, the, the the local beer at Grand Turk. But now the prices at Margaritaville and Jack Shack are about the same. So I ever I used to be like, you know what, go down to Jack Shack for cheaper beer. But now it's pretty much like a, a dead tie for the pricing.
2: Yeah, does Jack Shack have internet?
1: They did after the storms of 2017. Mm-hmm. They're getting it back, but it's very slow. I've been there twice in 2018 And I'm going back again later this year, and I'll have to let you know. But both times I was there, I have T-Mobile, so I can, you know, I get data anyway. Yeah. People at the beach were having issues, and they were complaining. I'm like, why are you complaining? It's free, and we're on the beach. Put your phone down and get in the water. (laughs) There you go. All right. That's great advice. Yes. (laughs) been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, as always, thank you.
0: Thanks, Doug. See you soon. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
1: When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to sixty percent offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to twelve thousand excursions in over seven hundred ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com.
0: If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device,
2: ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News Skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio.
1: So Vicki and her husband just got back from a, it was two back-to-back, so a 14-night cruise on Caribbean Princess. It was an Eastern Caribbean and a Western Caribbean out of Port Everglades, and Vicki joins us on the line. Hey, Vicky. Hi, Doug. Gosh, it's been, I don't even know how long it's been since we've chatted last, but so much has happened. You retired, you moved from the West Coast of Canada to the East Coast of Canada, but I see see you're still cruising.
3: Oh, in fact, because we retired, uh, boy... (laughs) i can see us cruising a lot more but yes we've cruised quite a bit this year
1: yeah watch out cruise industry uh you guys are retired (laughs) so the uh let's talk about the caribbean princess and before we get to the ship i haven't heard i think maybe the last review was a few years ago um from you actually on this ship i think give me some pre-cruise thoughts what made you want to take this uh 14 night on caribbean princess
3: Well, first of all, my birthday's in the summer, so we wanted to get away for that. And uh, the Caribbean Princess, you're right, it's been six years since we sailed on it, and it had gone through a major dry dock a few years ago, I think last year, and I really want to see the changes that had been done to the ship.
1: Now, what kind of changes were done?
3: Well, Doug, they did a whole revamp of uh, what they call the Horizon Court, which is now called world fresh marketplace they put in some new specialty restaurants and just some other little touches throughout the ship but really the big focus was the aft with the horizon court buffet
1: nice now i would normally say you made your way from vancouver to port everglades but this time you made your way from the (laughs) eastern side of canada down to port everglades probably a little quicker flight or about the same
3: um, it definitely is quicker, mm-hmm. and there's only one hour time change instead of the three. And we were lucky; we booked with the Princess Air, mm-hmm. and we were able to fly out of the major city in Cape Breton, Sydney, Nova Scotia, to um, Fort Lauderdale via Toronto. So it was a much shorter. We got there around noonish, and uh, it was it was lovely. Going home was a little bit longer, mainly because uh, of the flights back to Sydney, but it was really nice to be able to fly
1: so close from home. Do you have, I know you guys cruise out of Port Everglades quite a bit. Do you have like a go-to hotel you stay at when you go there?
3: You know, I used to love it in and around the port, but the prices have jumped Mm -hmm. so much. And I'm sure that's quite a bit all over Fort Lauderdale but now what we do is we tend to get further afield so we'll go in around sawgrass or into plantation area we just uber it and we usually can get a hotel for like 100 to 150 and we're talking like a four-star hotel
1: yeah very nice so you make your way to the uh, Port Everglades cruise terminal how was your embarkation uh, when it came time to board Caribbean Princess
3: I had never sailed out of Fort Lauderdale in the summer, and what a difference sailing out of Fort Lauderdale in the summer compared to the winter when there could be eight or nine ships in port. It was a breeze. We took an Uber to the port. We were I think there was only two ships in port. We were on board. We did have a little bit of a hiccup. Um, One of the things is this was the kickoff of Ocean Medallion on the Caribbean Princess, and there was a little bit of hiccups uh, getting that for the cabins that were being... What it was being implemented for. Our cabin was not one that had the ocean medallion at, at that moment, but it did roll out pretty quickly after that. So we did have a little bit of a wait, but it still was nothing compared to really busy days.
1: Was that delay like a technology delay?
3: It absolutely was. Yeah. Um, it happened that our cruise cards were not there. There was a few of us that didn't have cruise cards, and when you think of it, we've done you know over seventy cruises with Princess, and we've never had this issue. So it's nothing really to worry about. It just sometimes happens.
1: Yeah, seems like a maybe a one-off thing. From curb mm-hmm. to ship, about how long did that take you with the delay and everything?
3: For us, it was about an hour, but most people are it really maybe fifteen minutes. Okay,
1: still an hour is not bad either. Really, if you think about it.
3: No, no. And, you know, I knew people that worked at the pier, so I just started chatting with everybody.
1: There you go. It makes time go by a little bit quicker. So this was your first time on Caribbean Princess since the refurb. Uh, What were your first impressions when you boarded her this go-around?
3: Well, she looks amazing still for um, for the age. She's not really that old, but she still looks really amazing. And that feeling that you get on, you just feel like you're back home. And, you know, we ran into people right away that we knew that worked on board. So that was always nice.
1: You always say that when you board a Princess cruise ship. Every time I've interviewed you, you've always said, it's like coming home. Why is that?
3: Well, like you and many of your listeners, you get to know the people that work on the ships. And to me, truly, that is the, one of the biggest parts about traveling is the people you meet. And for us, we connect with the crew. We're usually on for more than one sailing, so that helps create a better bond. Mm. And um, we keep in touch with Facebook. We've been to weddings of crew. We've been to their homes for visits after they've retired. And uh, so getting on board, you're running into bartenders and waitstaffs that you maybe haven't seen in a while. And really, it's like big hugs and, you know, yeah. just keeping in touch with them. Yeah, it's wonderful.
1: And I'm sure after a few dozen cruises, you know, quite a few people too.
3: Yeah, it does seem like that.
1: What kind of stateroom did you book and what were your thoughts of it?
3: Well, I got a big surprise. We ended up getting, uh, Bernie surprised me, with a, one of the ocean, uh, the window suites. So full suite, but it just has an uh, ocean view. They're on Fiesta deck. They are stunning. And they were put in uh, quite a few years ago. But they're in a great location. They're right off the atrium. They're on deck six, just on the other side of the casino.
1: So deck six, that's, is Fiesta uh, deck six then?
3: Yes, Fiesta Deck, and those are the only cabins that are on Fiesta Deck. So they're just forward of the atrium um, and before the Princess Theater.
1: I know Princess has these like the names like Fiesta Deck, and I think a, a, a couple of ships I was on have a Dolphin Deck. Are, are the decks pretty much the same across the fleet as far as the names yes. go?
3: And you'll always know because um, Deck Five is Plaza, mm-hmm. and then they go Fiesta, and then it will go to Emerald E Deck, then D Dolphin Deck. So it goes in alphabetical order. From the most ah. part, some of the newer ships have um, an extra deck in there, and that'll that kind of throws you off. Marina deck.
1: You were doing a back to back on the sailing, so you were on for fourteen nights. Did you find there to be enough space in the cabin and enough plugs and everything you needed for fourteen nights?
3: More than enough. In fact, we were on in the summer, so there were a few families that were in the other cabins near us, and they too seemed to not have any issues with space. But we had lots of cupboard space that we had things, nothing in some of them. But I find with Princess, which if you're two in a cabin, even their standard inside or a balcony, more than enough space. Yes, I would say that the plug situation can be a bit of an issue in a normal cabin. We bring a, a little power strip surge protector not a bar, but, you know, the plug. And we can put in some USB cables and as well as some plugs. And we sometimes stick that behind the TV for the um, the older ships that you can access plug at the back.
1: Okay. Has Princess not upgraded every every ship to the big flat screens yet?
3: The Caribbean Princess does have it. Now, okay. the layout of the other cabins, the TV's on an angle. It's in a corner, so you can still get into the back of it. But the TVs were stunning. Uh,
1: okay. Very good. Let's talk about the dining on board Caribbean Princess. And we'll start in the main dining room. So what time dining did you have?
3: We always go anytime dining. And because we were in a full suite, we got access to the club class, which is sort of a, uh, a designated area in one of the dining rooms that's just for full suites or for people in the club class that are some of the mini suites. So you pay a little bit higher premium and you get a you get to pretty well. go. It's anytime dining and you go in and it's a little bit nicer. You have your maitre d' that attends to your every single need, it seems like. It, it's very nice.
1: So the club class is a is a restaurant in itself, like totally separate from the main dining room?
3: Well, yes and no. It's one of the big anytime dining rooms, and it's the starboard access door only. And I would say it takes up about maybe a quarter of the largest dining room. There's really not a lot dividing you from the table next to you, just sort of a big section.
1: Like an elevated service, I guess. Kind of. It is. Yeah. It
3: is. You get a special item every night for dinner that's not on the regular menu, and you get a little bit more attentive
1: service. You were mentioning about the Horizon Court and uh, was part of the big refurb. What were your thoughts of it?
3: Well, one of the things is that this ship had the chef for princess, they had chef for princess on, and they were revamping everything. So a lot of the things were changing. And what I really liked was uh, there were so many options and they were in small little portions so you could just grab it and go. Different salad types. Instead of a huge carving station, they would have things like focaccia with different toppings at lunchtime. I never seemed to lose weight on a ship. (laughs) At dinner they also usually had a theme, but they'd also have a lot of other items if you weren't interested in the themed meal. And it flowed really easily. I personally, I think that rated one of the top buffets on Princess. Uh, Of course, the Royal and the Regal and Majestic have a, a wonderful buffet as well. But this I would definitely uh, recommend this Horizon Court called World Fresh Marketplace now.
1: I, I'm trying to visualize this, uh, visualize this in my head. So uh, are there like different foods, like islands now, kind of like how Royal has and Regal have?
3: Yes. It, the layout is similar to what it used to be, but it seems to be a lot better flow. Okay. So. Now you can access it, you know, the walkway when you're passing through the buffet. Mm-hmm. And instead of actually walking in to get the food, when you're walking through, you could access a sandwich that is wrapped up in, you know, um, like paper. Um, there were little bags of chips. There were um, muffins and, and cakes and stuff. So you could easily get to those things. Uh, pastries and toasts seem to be a little bit more organized. There's a A station for omelets a bit further out. There was a station in the afternoon that made like a a Japanese noodle bowl. There was also a barbecue that was at the back as well. So it just seemed to be, um, it seemed more on trend with where cruising is going, I personally think. Getting away from, okay, let's roast a ham and serve that, that it was more uh, different little bites that you could grab and, and take.
1: On Caribbean Princess, if you if you walk, it's in the aft, correct? The, the buffet area. Yes, it is. Okay, so can you walk outside of the buffet area and kind of have your breakfast at a table, like overlooking the back of the ship?
3: Yes, that hasn't changed. The outrigger bar is still back mm-hmm. there. There's some tables. There's some bar stools. You can look out at, at the pool. You can look out at, at the wake view. And also, if you walk forward of the uh, buffet, there's the grill as well as the pizzeria, and you can sit at numerous tables out there as well.
1: I was interviewing Jim about Regal or Royal Princess a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago, really. And I was asking him, and he didn't know the answer, but they used to have this restaurant on a couple of sailings I've been on in the past called, I believe it was the Crab Shack. And it was part of the Lido Deck area, but a part was portioned off, kind of like what Holland America does with Canaletto. Does Princess still have the Crab Shack?
3: Yes, they do. In fact, during the uh, refurbations, they did created what they call steamers very similar to Crab Jack a little bit different menu and that is on one side of the buffet and um, it's actually in the app so the buffet is right after the pool and then it's the elevators and then there's another area and that's steamers and on the other side they got what they call planks so it's kind of a barbecue Mm. pulled pork and so forth but steamers is there and what's really nice is if you're not really into seafood one of you is you know doesn't want any of the crab or that you can order off plank's menu as well so that's really nice perk and i do hear they're changing a few things on the the steamer's menu to accommodate those that maybe don't want all of the seafood but what a deal to get a bull Full of crab legs and prawns and mussels and 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 I think it was twenty dollars. So what a steal! Yeah, for and sure. We did dine there once.
1: Was the barbecue place was plank? Was that for fee or was that like complimentary?
3: That, too, was four feet. Now, in the afternoon for breakfast and lunch, you could, they had special items there, so, and that was complimentary. But in the evening, it was closed off. It had a, a special decor and you know $20, again, I think it was planks, and uh, you got a choice of, you know, I'm trying to remember, four or five meat options, as well as beans and coleslaw and New York steak cut fries and uh, appetizer and really, really good. Yeah, highly recommend it.
1: Sounds amazing. Now, how was the Crown Grill on the ceiling?
3: Crown Grill um, was... I'm not as huge a fan of the Crown Grill as others have been. I find um, it's just way too popular and it gets too busy. And I, I personally find... Service is lacking, and although on the Royal Princess, I found they're very good with service there, but Crown Grill is not as much my thing. My preference is Sabatini's, their Italian restaurant. They have a new menu that they're trying to roll out fleet-wide. I absolutely love that new menu, and I think we dined there twice.
1: Is Sabatini's one fee, or is it a la carte?
3: It's no. They're all of the ships offer uh, a set fee, and okay. it's twenty nine dollars for both Crown Grill and Sabatini's, and well worth it.
1: That's on the bottom end for cruise lines what they're charging these days. Like Carnival just went up to thirty eight, I think, for on their steakhouse. Mm-hmm. So that's a good yes, deal. Um,
3: shh, don't tell Princess. Yeah,
1: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Have I missed any food places?
3: Well, I would like to recommend that. The pizzeria and the um, the grill outside, the Trident Grill, they've been a little bit revamped, too. So the pizzeria offered not only their great pizza that they have at sea, but they also had stromboli. They had special focaccias and, you know, a unique pizza special every day as well. The burger spot had an Ernesto burger. So if you've been on any ship that's had the salty dog, you can get that burger at the Trident Grill. There was a fee for that. It was I think it was $5 for the burger, or you could get a burger and beer for $8, which was a really good deal. Um, Bernie had it. He really enjoyed it. It has like a a fried jalapeno on it and bacon and all this yummy stuff. Uh, They also had some other items there that were unique to this ship as well. So definitely, you know, I would recommend the Caribbean just for the new dining venues.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the um, entertainment on this back-to-back cruise. What were your thoughts of it?
3: Princess never seems to disappoint with entertainment. There's so much going on around. And I like the fact that Princess has, I like to call it a wave of entertainment. So you can do the wave wherever you want. You could start out with a production show and then do dining or dine and then do a production show, maybe see a comedian. There was endless amount of activities to do. In fact, we didn't even get to see all the production shows that were in the theater. But the ones we did see were phenomenal.
1: And as far as entertainment around the ship, like in the public areas and the comedy clubs, how was that?
3: You know, they still believe in live entertainment with Princess. So you'll find stuff in the atrium. You'll see another live band in the Explorer's Lounge, another one in Vista Lounge. And they have, of course, all the different game activities at night. So name that tunes, you know. What's the name of the celebrity as a child? It just never stops juggling acts in the atrium. So you could be sitting in the atrium enjoying a cocktail, watch something there, go into the explorers lounge, participate in a game, head back aft and do some dancing with a a big band. Not to mention mutts up on the big screen as well.
1: Yeah, gotta love that in the little. uh, Now, what are they serving out there now for mutts? Is it popcorn and worm cookies and blankets?
3: They still do all that, but also don't forget you have the wonderful Trident Grill and the pizzeria right there as well. They're both open until the movie closes. Oh,
1: love it! Very all, good. All
3: complimentary.
1: Nice. <laughs> now uh, let's talk about the sea days on this sailing because this was a back to back. So you basically did like an Eastern cruise and a Western cruise. Right. Was there was there a lot of back to back cruisers on here?
3: There was not as much as I expected, but it uh, there was still quite a few. There was a lot of families and a lot of children, which I'm not used to. I think the first sailing had 800 and 600 the second one. Oh, wow. But the seating didn't feel very crowded. I didn't seem to have a problem finding a space. Now, of course, if you wanted a spot right beside the pool, you better get out there and and take your claim of your seat. But, you know, I like the quieter spots. I didn't have a problem getting a a seat at the aft or at the forward where the adults pool was. Very nice.
1: Do you have a spot that you like to kind of retreat to during sea days?
3: Yeah, I think everybody kind of has that. We are really, um, we really like the adult area up on the sun deck uh, right above where the Lotus Spa pool is on Mm. this class of ship. Uh, There's no shade and you have quick access to the pool in the front and a washroom. And, you know, we're usually, we're not huge sun people, but we like to maybe do two or two and a half hours a day.
1: How is the, in the casino, when you're walking by the casino or walking through the casino, what's the smoke situation like in there?
3: Well, I had, and I'm a non-smoker, I had no issue at all with smoke. In fact, our cabin was right beside the casino. There was a Mm -hmm. wall, the corridor, and then another wall to access our corridor to our cabin. Never once did I even notice any smoke. There is a smoking bar that's just forward of the casino that you can go to as well. And that was kind of smoky if you were walking by that, but not too too bad. One issue with Princess is that you do need to walk through the casino if you're on that deck, Mm -hmm. deck six, to go to the Princess Theater. However, you can access it from the promenade deck. So, if you do have an issue, but really, I didn't seem to notice any issue with smoke in the casino.
1: Did you? uh, Back to the food. I that just this just struck me. Did you do the uh, the pub Mm -hmm. lunch at all?
3: No, we we sort of stopped doing it. Really? Um, not that it isn't good, but um I guess at our age now we're starting to find if we have the fish and chips and all that we tend to regret it later. So yeah. but there was a huge lineup and they do usually have it at least once on a sailing on a C D C Day. Um, in normally I'm trying to remember if it was in the wheelhouse or if it was in the Crown Grill and I'm I, no, it was in the Crown Grill. Yeah. Mm that they held
1: it so let's talk about your ports of call on this sailing and um what we'll Mm -hmm. do here since you had so many of them on the back-to-back just uh give us the port of call and a brief highlight and then go right to the next one great
3: Oh, well, on the Western Caribbean, um, you know, we did Cozumel, and we love Cozumel. We just took a taxi into town, did some shopping, walking around. And then in the evening, we were there till 11 p.m., and we went off with some friends. We had a wonderful meal at Casa Mission was the name, and then we took the a taxi back. What a beautiful sight to be walking back to the ship at, at like, 10 p.m. to see all the stars there. It's really nice and quiet. We were in Roatan, and I hadn't been there in a long time. We were two ships, and we were in one of the Carnival ships. We arrived later. Have to say, recommend getting out of the port area and go do something. We did not do that. We tried to find a nice quiet spot on the beach, not possible. So I highly recommend you head out and find something that you want to do outside of the port. Mm-hmm. Costa Maya again. We took the shuttle or a taxi into the town, just close to it, like Malaha. I yeah, something like
1: that. I can't pronounce it either.
3: Yeah. And we enjoyed a a nice, you know, day there at a bar, restaurant, had a meal. And people are complaining about the seagrass that's Mm -hmm. growing all over the Caribbean. And we had talked to some of the officers on the ship and it is an issue even in the waters because it's trying to get in through the filtration on the ship. But It was a problem in Costa Maya. It was a problem in Cozumel. It was a problem in St. Thomas. So it's happening all over the Caribbean. Costa Maya, they're working hard to clear it, but it's only seaweed. We just walked in. It was a lovely day. Now, in regards to Eastern Caribbean, St. Thomas – We just kind of wandered around the cruise terminal and into town. Again, it was so hot in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. in the summer. We really just stayed either on the ship or in air conditioning or in the water at one of the ports. Of course, we are in Princess Caves. What a great port. Uh, I recommend just head off, grab a lounge chair. If you need a clamshell for shade, you know, but enjoy the water. The snorkeling was amazing. St. Martin was a port we hadn't been to in a while. And again, we just went into town and enjoyed the site. It was just so hot.
1: (laughs) Sorry to cut you off here. Uh, before I forget, no. you were talking about the seaweed in Costa Maya. And I was wondering, yeah. like, I take it that's more than a seasonal thing because I was there in February and the whole beach was yeah. covered in it. Like almost they, were, they had actually oh. employees there with big rakes trying to clean it up. And they, they were I mean, it was coming in as fast as they were cleaning it up. So like, did they say if that was a seasonal thing or are we going to see more and more of this? Do they say anything about that?
3: I actually didn't speak to anybody about it, but I had read on some of the boards that this was an issue here and you, exactly what you experienced is exactly what we saw. They mm-hmm. just kept raking it in and in and in and other places. It was the same thing. So I don't know why I kept hearing about it with Costa Maya because it was in other ports that we experienced the same thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the temperature of the waters change and it's creating more of these blooms. I'm not sure, yeah. but it,
1: certainly seems to be an issue. So what did you do in St. Martin?
3: Well, this time um, we woke up and we had good intentions, but it was so hot in the Caribbean. And it was really hot in St. Martin. And there was two ships in port. So we ended up just walking around. the. And I really wanted to see what had happened since the hurricane. Mm -hmm. So we walked a bit around the port area. We took the water taxi into town. Checked out some sites there, grabbed a quick meal and a cold drink, and we both looked at each other and just said, "Let's just go back to the ship." I had, I really wish I would have done more, but there's sometimes it's just days like that.
1: Yeah. Did you notice any like damage from the ship or from the general port area, or is pretty much that business as usual?
3: You know, it's been such a long time since we've been there, like at least ten years since we've been to Saint Martin, that I didn't notice anything as bad as i'd noticed in saint thomas however we didn't really go very far i noticed at the pier that there was a lot of new buildings but again i don't know if those were new buildings that were repairing or they're just building new construction
1: so you went to saint martin saint thomas princess k any other ports
3: not on the eastern caribbean very Uh,
1: good so you make your way back to port everglades how was that debark process
3: Again, I can't believe how nice and smooth it was. Uh, we didn't have a, a flight till a little bit later on, so we didn't take much. You know, we just took the latest, departure time. We hunkered down in, in vines and that and you know, chatted with the people. They had a lot of staff on from head office getting ready for ocean medallion rollout. We'd been talking with them, so they kind of helped fill me in with more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got off the ship within a few minutes, and we were at the airport and sadly flying home.
1: All right. So now looking back on this sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? Because you did a back-to-back Eastern and Western, so I know you have to have at least one.
3: Yeah, there was a lot. I think for me, it was coming on board and getting to celebrate my birthday. Mm-hmm. And so many of our friends that are on board just made it even extra special. So that that was really, really nice.
1: Back to disembarkation, because when you had to disembark the first time, you were going back on. So I guess you'd be considered like an in-transit passenger. What was that process like?
3: It's very, very easy. I was a little worried because, one, they are implementing the Ocean Medallion, so they were you had to tap in with your cruise card and then also tap in with your Ocean Medallion if you had that. Um, they were doing that for a few weeks just to make sure everything was working fine. And I was a little concerned because there were so many and there was a lot of new cruisers. But we all met in the designated location of the dining room at a certain time. We were all taken off the ship. We bing out. We go into the terminal. We wait for um, basically a zero count so that the ship no longer has any passengers on. They get the clearance for people to come back on. And that was maybe, maybe a half an hour, which was one of the easiest. And we come right back on with our new cruise card. We also had to flash our passports to a passport officer, which sometimes can delay things if they're really busy. We basically just opened our picture uh, page and, and walked right by them, and we got right back on the ship, binged in, and we could go right to our cabin.
1: A lot of carnival ships have been calling to Princess Kay lately. What is your number one tip for oh. for uh, Princess Kay?
3: Well, I think it depends on what you really like. So if you're into a lot of the sporting activities and you want to be where all the activities are, the volleyball, the windsurfing, the banana boat, then I would recommend right where the food stations are, grab a seat there. And Mm -hmm. there's lots of trees, so lots of shade. If you're like us and we like a quieter area, when you get off the tender, go to the right and there's also a buffet station there. It's usually a lot quieter to the left and go right to the end of the beach, right where the um, sanctuary cabins are that they sell or cabanas for a fee. We go in front of there. There's beach access right there. We snorkel right there. We're close enough to the food. And what I really like is since the hurricane damage, Princess has installed this covered shed area that has the cues for getting back on the tender and they have misters there. They can do the security screening right there instead of once you get back on the ship which causes a bottleneck. They've really got it down nicely now.
1: This may be a stupid question but I'm going to ask it anyway because like five years ago I was, uh, it might have been four years, but well, it was five years ago I was at Princess K, and I remember the beach being pretty rocky, like I, you almost needed water shoes to go out there. Is it still like that?
3: Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I heard a lot of people complaining about it. I don't wear water shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, I must have this Canadian hard (laughs) full feet. I'm not sure. But I would just kind of wade in and then I would just start to swim. Now, if you're going to stand up on the rocks and kind of hang there, then yeah, you would probably need water shoes or something, but it
1: is quite rocky. If you could tell Princess Cruises one thing about Caribbean Princess, good or bad, what would it be?
3: Well, there's always room for improvement. But one of the things I found on this ship in particular is that and we're big wine drinkers and our favorite bar on board is Vines. And this class of ship has a Vines that is mainly bar stools. Mm-hmm. There's not really any benches or chairs and a tables to sit at. It. It's the bar stools with like a a wine barrel or the big scammish table. And for me in particular, when I'm wearing a dress and it's formal night, I find those chairs to be quite uncomfortable and a little difficult to get on and off whereas on the regal and the royal they have wonderful tables with four chairs and smaller tables and i tend to sit and enjoy it and have like a nice conversation with four people instead of being at a bar uh, lined up in a row so Mm -hmm. my recommendation is i would love to see them changing that class of ships line
1: and final thoughts of caribbean princess
3: well, I'm a huge fan of, of Princess, so I really can't, I would say get out and enjoy it if you're the type of people that are similar to what we are. Um, you know, we're in our 50s and early 60s. This is a perfect cruise line for us. Great live entertainment, great food, great cabin, and best of all, great crew.
1: Vicky, where can we find, you have a, almost an encyclopedia full of Princess information, where can we find that?
3: Well, if you go to so uh, but the easiest way is if you go to my Facebook page called Cruising Princess Cruise Lines with Vicki, join the page, ask questions, and there's a link to my blog on that page as well. And the blog has every cruise I've been on, as well as all the ports that you can easily click on and find every blog that's written about that port.
1: Vicki, it was great talking to you, and congratulations again on retirement. Oh, thank you. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance?
2: Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.
0: Say goodbye.